Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Growing in Grace, Mike and Joel. Hey, another podcast here. And by the way, thanks to those of you who have taken the time to either comment on social media, send us an email, send us your questions, give us encouragement. You have no idea what's over the years, and we've been doing this for over a decade now, but you have no idea what some of those have meant to us to know that we have been helping you in some way, shape, or form. It just uh, it makes it all worthwhile. So don't underestimate because, you know, we, we learned in, in doing radio broadcasting over a number of years that uh, – and, and we, re, we used to receive a lot of uh, letters and, and mail through our, the Christian radio that we worked at. Uh, that was quite a few years ago. But uh, we received a lot of – it was amazing. We had these boxes full of letters and stuff. Uh, some of them were actually handwritten letters. Because email came along during our tenure in broadcasting, and and then we would start printing those off. But it's a very small percentage of people that you would hear from in your audience. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And that's understandable, too. I mean, I listen to a lot of other different things, and I generally don't contact the podcasters that I listen to, but every once in a while I have done that. And uh, we do enjoy hearing from you. If you're inclined to do so, just to, um, you know, it encourages us when we know that you're out there. And so we we do thank you for that. Uh, we've got, you know, th- there are people out there who object uh, anywhere from mildly to very strongly to the type of stuff we talk about here on the podcast. And we're not discouraged by that. In other, in, I mean that we're okay with that. We understand that. Uh, but it is always nice when other like-minded people come along and, and encourage one another in these truths, you know, the truth of the new covenant and all that Jesus has accomplished on our behalf. And, uh, well, one of these things uh, that Jesus has has done is that he came to do God's will. And we've been talking about the Lord's Prayer, what is known as the Lord's Prayer anyway. This prayer that gets prayed week after week after week in many churches. And when Jesus, right before he taught his disciples to pray that prayer, <laughs> told them, don't don't use vain repetition as the Gentiles do, as the heathens do. Uh, but anyway, and he, and he told them to go into their room and close the door when they pray. And yet we're doing this Lord's Prayer in churches every week. Well, of course, our purpose isn't to mock, but it's just, you know, we point out some of these things here. But last week when we were talking about how Jesus started out this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, and do go back. We've got two podcasts now up till this one. This is the third one in our series about the Lord's Prayer. Uh, so to, to kind of get caught up in what we're talking about here. Last week we talked about how Jesus said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We talked about that. We didn't quite get to your kingdom come, your will be done. And one of the really neat things about your will, when we talk about your will being done, one of the things we have to question is, what does he mean when he says your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? A lot of times, what I always thought growing up, without even asking or questioning, 
I always thought that it meant, well, God has a certain will for my life, and I need to pray that I will always be in step with God's will. This was just what I was, what I thought, and I think a lot of people think like this too, because a lot of people are always out there seeking, God, what's your will? What's your will for this? I had a friend one time, <laughs> I had a friend one time, and he was so into that that one time we were walking downtown and we were in front of a, a Chinese restaurant, and we were going to go in there and eat, and he had to bow his head right there and pray and ask the Lord if it was his will that we went in there. I mean, that's how seriously some people take this. And then when he got done praying, he thought, no, it, was, it wasn't God's will that we went there. So we went down to the grocery store, got some food, went back to his house and ate. And that was fine. But it's just that it's not that the Lord is saying, you need every step of your life. You need to follow my will because I have a will for every step of your life. You know, we have freedom, we have a brain, we have, we're able to make choices, and, and yes, indeed, we can rely upon the Holy Spirit and, and seek guidance and counsel, but your will be done doesn't mean that everything that we do has to be done to a certain exact tune, you know. Uh, so anyway, that's that was my experience growing up with your will be done, but, but Jesus is actually talking about something else, and I don't know if you want to touch on the uh, your kingdom come and your will be done, or, or what else do you want to talk about in regards to this cap? Yeah, you wonder when Jesus was sharing uh, his disciples how to pray and, and the, the need for this prayer before the cross, um, you wonder if he was taking it kind of slow, you know, and would pause for special effect after after almost each sentence, because there, there are, I know we, we blend it, and we say it quickly, but there's a lot of different things going on here in this prayer, and and uh, yeah, so your your will be done. But right before your kingdom come, man, you'll get theologians going on this one, and and I'm not one of those. So we'll we'll try to keep this simple. But the the word in the Greek, it really it's defined as kingship, sovereignty, authority, rule. I think you'll you'll find that some word studies will say this is not to be confused with just a kingdom, but rather the right or authority to rule over a kingdom, or the realm in which a king rules. In other words, a kingdom requires a king. It cannot be defined apart from the king. Otherwise, it's not a kingdom. You know, even like when Pilate, for example, was interviewing Jesus before his death, uh, Jesus said that uh, his kingdom is not of this world. And Pilate's instant response was, so you are a king. So you see, you couldn't have one without the other. And so when people think of the kingdom, sometimes they get all kinds of different ideas as to what that means. Uh, ultimately, really what it means is it means Jesus. He, he's the, the king of the kingdom, and we can't have a kingdom without him. Uh, Paul would testify about the kingdom. And how would he do that? He would try to persuade them concerning Jesus. In the book of Acts, chapter 28, verse 23. He would do that from the law of Moses and the prophets from morning until evening. Again, trying to persuade them concerning Jesus, testifying about the kingdom. They go hand in hand. They they go together. Uh, we're referred to as kings and priests, or the New King James says he has made us to be a kingdom and priests. And so you can see this close connection between king and kingdom. And interestingly, Jesus said, if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. In Luke 17, when asked when the kingdom would come, Jesus said, 
it wouldn't come as something to be observed as if you could say it was here or there, but that the kingdom, and I quote, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Now that's a big one because how does one go about describing the kingdom in terms of it being inside of you? So you see it all, it all centers around Jesus Christ in us. But again, even if you want to just look at the kingdom as some sort of realm or domain where people live, exist, or abide, Guess where we abide in our current covenant? In him. He's the ruler. And so I just wanted to mention that about the kingdom. Your kingdom come. A lot of people think they're, Joel, a lot of people think they're praying about a future kingdom that hasn't come yet. Well, I would, I would just beg to differ on that because I find it hard to believe that Jesus was instructing all forthcoming generations of people who would ever walk the earth to pray this prayer for something that would never occur in their earthly lifetime. I just find that hard to believe. Book of Hebrews 12, 28, we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The kingdom has come through the person of Jesus Christ as he himself declared. And now back to this, your will be done. Are you in Hebrews, Joel? I'm in Hebrews, got it open right in front of me. (laughs) I'm gonna let you take it over then. I mean, because you've already set this up. A lot of people just think that we're talking about, God, your will be done for various things happening in my life and in the world in general. And there's something more specific being talked about here. It was the ultimate will of God that would be done through Jesus Christ to bring us our redemption. And that, uh, that will of God, what is it? We find more about that in the book of Hebrews. That, and, and we'll get into, I don't know if we will this week, but we'll also get into God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I got that in mind, too. We'll see how far we get here in the last few minutes. But uh, even before I get to Hebrews, one thing that Jesus prayed, remember when just before he went to the cross, when he was in the garden. That's right. And he was sweating blood. And and he went away and he prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. So there's a hint there about what the will is of God was, God's will being done. When Jesus prayed, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, you'll find the same thing in Luke 22, uh, the same story. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And so what was that will? Well, obviously, we already hinted that it had to do with the cross, and it has to do with what Hebrews tells us. And so just to get right into it here, the writer of Hebrews is is quoting from the Old Covenant, talking about how in uh, Hebrews 10, 4, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Talks about there being a, a reminder of sins and all of that, and it only brings about a consciousness of sins. But he then quotes from the Old Testament, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sins, you had no pleasure. Then I said, now this is Jesus talking, then I said, or this, you know, the writer of Hebrews is supposing that this is Jesus talking, then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God, Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. So it wasn't that God wanted those old covenant law burnt offerings and sacrifices, 
But he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second by that will. We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. That right there. Just open your Bible up to Hebrews 10 and start reading up to uh, verse 10 or so, and you'll see exactly what the will of God was. And there are other uh, parts of Hebrews that talk about what Jesus did in the heavens, and so we'll talk about that next week. But just to, to highlight this point, when Jesus said, Father, your will be done, this is, and, and when he said, if it's possible, take this cup away from me, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. This is the will of God. This is what was being prayed in Matthew 6 in what we know as the Lord's Prayer. Well, as we know, that will has been done. That is fulfilled. We've talked over the last three weeks about how this prayer was fulfilled by Jesus himself. Right there you have it, Hebrews 10. God's will was done in the body of Jesus Christ where Jesus became sin for us. And so, again, next week, more talking about this. What about on earth as it is in heaven? Much more to talk about regarding the Lord's Prayer. So stay with us next week right here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.